He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello. It's official, guys. We are legal. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, episode 18. We've made it. We can vote. Things are good. Um, this week is going to be a very special episode. But before we get into who my guest, who my Facebook friend is this week, I do encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. Um, like the episodes, share the episodes. If you're on iTunes, please leave a five-star review as that helps me greatly. Um, support the podcast at patreon.com slash funnyevan. But if you want to just see all the episodes in blog form, go to my website. Um, the specific page is awkwardwithevan.com. And for social media, it's at awkwardwithevan on Facebook and Twitter. My guest this week, um, it's another one of my Facebook friends, obviously, um, but I like to interview people not just because I've been kind of lucky so far. I've been able to interview people with my own interests, uh, my own name, <laughs> my own family. Uh, but you know, I like getting into like all walks of life. And uh, this is probably the most diverse guest I've had to date. Uh, her name, which she would like to be called in this episode, is Cherish Bliss. Feel free to research. Her other name online or through Facebook, but I'm interviewing Cherish Bliss today. She's a burlesque dancer. The show she does in LA about every month is Sultry Sweet Burlesque. Um, so we're going to get in on what her her show is all about. We're also going to talk a little bit about feminism, about art. And um, while I tried to avoid the election, she wanted to talk about the election and I'm not going to stop her. And uh, I was kind of refreshing to hear her take on it because obviously – you know, there's more than two sides to every story in every election, and uh, I just think it's nice to hear another voice, um, whether it's something I agree with or I don't. Um, not saying I don't agree with her, um, but definitely it's just good to hear uh, another side to the story, um, another way to look at an issue. So we definitely get into that. Um, first burlesque dancer ever on the podcast. I've only maybe seen one other burlesque show in my life. Uh, shout out to Tara Pontani and the Pontani sisters, uh, old, old friends from Brooklyn and New York or Brooklyn in New York. Um, but for now it's not about you, Tara. Okay. Chill. I'll get you on the podcast later. Let's bring in cherish bliss. Right, guys, we're here on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexell. I have a new guest. I have a new Facebook friend. She's marvelous. She's a burlesque dancer, giggity. And uh, let's just let's just bring her in. Cherish Bliss, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you for being here. I believe, did we met through, is it Dino Mike? The... Dino Mike, yes. Yeah. Comedy, comedy uh, music Right, Guy. a fellow comedy musician. Because did we, what was the show? Was it the board tour or it wasn't the board tour? Like I, it was earlier. It was like a venue at the Colony Theater, right? It was the Colony Theater in Burbank, and it was um, 
a fundraiser for me to get married. Oh, that's what the whole event was for that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it started out as that, as, um, I, I got engaged. I was with my ex for a really long time. Um, seven years. And everybody's like, when are you guys going to do this? And we're like, you guys don't understand. It takes money. And we don't have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause we're artists and we don't have money. So right. everybody's like, you know what? We're all artists too. So let's do some, something about it. And so one guy worked at the colony theater and he said, well, I can provide a stage. And then I was like, okay, but how are we going to do this? And, Dino Mike was the best man, and he said, you know what, I got a bunch of comedy music friends, we can get everybody to come over, everybody can pay, you know, money to get in, and we can do it as a fundraiser, and you guys can just get married, and I'm like, really? Like, that's a lot to ask, and and he was just like, no, everybody be happy to do it, and then we got rock bands involved, we got a bunch of comedy musicians, yeah. and they were all just his friends, and... That's how we met. You were one of the people that came in and did the show. What and was there? There was like a young band that went on towards the beginning, right? Like, or yes, there was a young band named Back Pocket Memory, oh, and yeah. they're big now. Now, like they toured Germany. Whoa! There, they um, were on um, a couple of soundtracks, and they got a huge following. And yeah, they're pretty big now. I could tell they were big because after their set, they left and so did like 80% of the crowd. So I set, so I actually did some of my set. Uh, I took my guitar like out to the lobby and just followed them out I, I there. I was telling that story to somebody over dinner tonight. <laughs> I, I told would, that story yeah, today. I was, I was singing, uh, I think I was singing Pink, You in Your Hand. I don't know why I was singing that. But it was it was very weird that I was I sang it I I pretty much accosted their fan base uh, in the lobby of the colony. But then we went back. We did the rest of the show, and it was it was you know free yeah, and easy. I think, I think that was just like one of the best moves I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think that when everybody when anybody ever asks me about comedy and what do I think about real comedians, and I'm like anybody who can just go with the flow and make a joke, right. And always come back to that moment because it's like, <laughs> you know, 80% of the crowd came to see this one band and right. they all left. And you're like, well, the crowd's outside. I'm going to play outside. Yeah. Left the stage. I once had it where I had some – when I was really starting to do college shows through an agent, I would have it where I would like – a kid would leave and I would literally like follow them out of the venue in the middle of my set. And it was funny at first, but then I was like, what are you doing? You've got to do like, you know, why are you, what about the rest of us? But that time, it, I think it, it definitely fit. And uh, It fit because the rest of them were outside. <laughs> yeah, that was, you just got to, you never know what's going to happen. You have to think on your feet. Um, so I have to ask then, <clears throat> I'm introducing you as Cherish Bliss. If you uh, want to know this person on Facebook, I would, I would probably just Google Cherish Bliss and, and you know, hire a detective to figure out who you or, really are. Yeah, Cherish Bliss um, on Facebook, I'm Bliss Meadow. Okay, Bliss Meadow. Okay, Bliss that Meadow works. And I, yeah, and as my, and as um, a performer and as an activist and this, this persona, that I go and promote and created. It is really just to protect um, my personal life because I do work with children. Okay. 
Gotcha. So no. I do have a separate name. And, you know, and, and it's worked out. And a lot of the parents do know what I do, but it's right. mainly just so the kids don't stumble upon, yes. you know, less pictures or, you know, um, I do a lot of activism for sexually, uh, the, the freedom of sexual expression right. through art, music, and dance. Mm -hmm. And um, just so students don't stumble upon any of that, um, you know, it's just for those reasons. Now, what happened? What came first, Cherish Bliss or the sultry, sweet burlesque shows? Uh, sultry, sweet came first, okay. actually. Um, and that was 2012. Mm -hmm. And um, it was actually having d done Sultry Sweet for about a year and a half. And I realized I got to do something about um, my name here because I have mm -hmm. students you know, I have parents coming to me saying, my kid's on your Facebook because you got all these half-naked people <laughs> on Facebook. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to separate these, you know, personal life and, you know, fantasy life. So, um, but Sultry Sweet, we've been doing since 2012. I do it along with a, a co-producer, Mr. Rob Steiner, okay. his brilliant name is 11 fingers rob true and he is our musical director oh. um what what are you guys different than like i've i've only come in contact with like one other burlesque group um back east they were they're called the pontani sisters um oh. one was a co-worker of mine but i don't like are you guys a certain niche of burlesque or yeah we have a live a band burlesque show okay and there's not very many Around there's a f we started doing it in 2012 and um, since then other people have like said hey we like this idea let's let's do this too and so there's a couple other shows that do it as well but we are specifically geared to um, catering to the dancers' needs most uh, burlesque shows that use a live band the band has their own music. And they send the tracks to the girls and say, and say, make something up or improv or something like that. We ask the girls to send us their music. Oh. And our musical director does all the arrangements for the six, it's a six piece uh, burlesque band, which is kind of like a mini version of like what you would see like in the old nightclubs, like the Desi on Arnez, oh, Babalu, wow. you know, big band. It's kind of watered down, but that's kind of like, the feel we go for it's a full-on like orchestral arrangements you know or big band arrangements and we do everything from like 1920s you know music 1940s um to like we've done marilyn manson we've done pat benatar we've done um the almond brothers so the music will change show to show so you'll have like a different theme yeah, it's and show to show it's like really really from act to act Whoa. like one girl comes up as Manson, another girl comes out and does, you know, a ballet number, <laughs> and another girl comes out and does, you know, old-fashioned bump and grind. Yeah. So, um, the sultry suite is really just talking about from one end of the spectrum to the other. Okay. Now, what? Um, how does this tie in at all? I know you're also interested in feminism. Does it tie in at all with that, or are those kind of like two separate arenas for you? No, they're completely, completely, um tied in together and part of each other. Um, as, as a feminist, we um, believe, well, I believe, and the girls, the girls that I work with, 
we believe in having the freedom to make our choices. Right. To have our choices and um, celebrate the choices we do have and that women before have fought for us to have. So um, going up on stage and choosing, having the right to choose to take our clothes off for entertainment Mm -hmm. in an artistic way at our pace, at our discretion. Right. That is how we celebrate that choice. If people don't want to do that, that if there, if other women don't want to celebrate it that way, that is their choice. And we respect that. But this is how we like to celebrate our sexuality and our freedom and our way of saying, you know, we decide that we're beautiful. We decide we're sexy. We decide we're powerful. And this is how we show it. That is amazing. I mean, I I mean, you know, you had the election motto, I'm with her. I mean, Erica, I I mean, uh, sorry, cherish, (laughs) cherish. (laughs) I'm I'm with, I'm with you. Um, I, so I, I mean, that's like, that's pretty much all people are wanting. They all want the, the, what's right, but you know, we, we should be able to choose what's right for each person. Um, yeah. So I guess, I mean, I, I guess that means you're not much, I get the, the choice of the election obviously was something that was, have you recovered yeah. from it? Are you, are you still finding ways to choose I'm beyond the choice? I'm still recovering from that. It was a really, really, um, hard, a uh, few days, I would say a hard, a good week. Yeah. I felt so. I felt confused and I felt sad. I felt scared. Yeah. More than anything, I felt scared because the the night of the election, you know, I went to vote and I went to, I moved out of Burbank and I had to go back to vote when, when I got, after all my friends did for me to get married, I ended up getting a divorce. Yeah. So I had a Burbank and I went to back to Burbank to go vote and the place where I voted last time was it wasn't there. And I was with an Uber looking on my phone. Where should we go here? Should mm-hmm. we go? I was I was determined to vote. I was yeah. like in an, chasing down where I could, you know, cast my my vote and finally found the place. And I was just so proud because I, I had to vote because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was it was that important. Yeah. And um Afterwards, I went to a bar uh, to meet um, some friends. We were going to watch it mm-hmm. at the local bar around the corner. And um, so a bunch of people came in. We're all watching it, and everybody's freaking out. Nobody can believe yeah. how red, <laughs> how many states red. Like, we were just in shock. And there were people there that we didn't even know. And everybody's gathered around comforting each other at this time and they announce yeah you know the results and i just remember feeling terrified <laughs> yeah as as a hispanic woman who you know who is a feminist uh-huh. you know i'm a woman i'm hispanic i'm a feminist and right now i'm disabled i was in a car crash oh and my i'm gosh. Therapy and I'm walking with a cane right now. Oh, I didn't know that. And 
it's um yeah i don't really like to that's, that's okay no thank you i really don't like to be like yeah i'm hurt i was in a car crash i'm having surgery i'm in physical therapy i'm in excruciating pain i can't right. walk a mountain man i don't like to really publicize that i want sure. people to see the pain and see like i had no idea yeah. and i'm like because i don't want people to see that i want people to see me mm-hmm. but it's scary yeah. knowing that because i'm hispanic because i'm a woman because i'm disabled mm-hmm. that there are so many things there are so many that think they now have the right to mistreat me yeah that's in name of the president elect right and because of that i i began to feel very fearful and i began to cry yeah and people like and people are like why are you crying people why are you crying you know and um and it's not because we lost it's because we're afraid mm-hmm. and you know i grew up in texas um and i went to bible college i was actually wanted to become a music minister and you know, work in churches and teach music to youth groups and, you know, just be very, in a, be in a very positive environment with teaching love and music. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. And I ended up being a person who takes their clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't work. But um, on my Facebook, since we're talking about Facebook friends, on my sure. Facebook, I have a bunch of people from college that I, I was just shocked they were voted right for uh, for Donald Trump. I was just shocked. Yeah. And the things these were saying to justify it blew my mind. And I'm like, but you guys are supposed to be Christians. I grew yeah. up with you guys. Always <laughs> talked about loving thy neighbor and being kind to other people. And then somebody so aggressively is talking about grabbing women by, you know, inappropriate body parts <laughs> or, you know, the fear mongering with Muslims and right. Mexican jobs. It, it's, it was a ploy and you all fell for it. Right. And, and you're telling me you're up here saying, you know, making fun of the people protesting in the streets, saying they're crying about not getting their way. It has nothing to do with that. It has every. I told one, one Facebook friend, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with people thinking they can mistreat other people. Yeah. Because of their skin color, because of the fact that they're women, because of the fact that they're you know, disabled or broken or mentally ill that they can be looked down upon. And these people are marching because they're scared. Mm -hmm. And that is, and, and, and he, he was just like, I had no idea. And I said, I know you have no idea because these aren't battles you're fighting. You're a white male, you know, you're perfectly healthy. Right. These are not battles you're fighting. So I'm saying, be be aware of why they're out there and don't make fun of them. Don't make fun of the fact they're they're marching out of fear. What you can do to stop the marching if it bothers you is comfort and make their causes known. Right. And he was just like, you know what? I, I had no idea. 
I'm changing a lot of things. I'm reevaluating a lot of things. And it made me feel good that I can have this conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I think in a way we all could learn because I did not approach his um, Facebook posts where he was very much telling very much saying, you know, people marching in the streets are, you know, it's just, it's a dumb reaction and it's, you know, they're having temper tantrums. You know, I could have gone back and said, screw you, F you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't. I came back and I explained yeah. in a very calm manner and a very much like this is why people are doing this. Yeah. And we had a discussion Nobody tried to force anybody's views on anybody else. All we just did was explain what we see and how we feel. And in the end, he came out and said, I had no idea these were the battles being fought by so many. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's the point. That's what we need people to know. So I feel like in a way we all need to just kind of approach things that way with trying to settle these differences. Yeah. All right, guys, hope you're digging my talk with Cherish Bliss. We're going to be back to her in a moment. But first, let me tell you about what is helping this podcast go. It is thanks to supporters like you, my Awkward Army members of Patreon.com. What Patreon.com is, is that's a website that allows uh, potential supporters and active supporters like you to help out a creator like me keep this thing going. I am now 18. This podcast is 18. It would not have gone to 18 without the help of people that just want to chip in every month for as little as a dollar a month. And the cool thing about my current Awkward Army is they're not settling for a dollar a month. They're helping me multiple tiers into what you can contribute. If you'd like to see what you can contribute and what reward tiers you can get, definitely go to patreon.com slash funnyevan. Um, for as little as a dollar a month, yes, you can see the feed of, of updates only to my patrons. But for, you know, a few dollars more, Socially Awkward will follow you on Twitter. A few dollars more, you will get a certificate of the Awkward Army. You'll get an Evan Wexel cell phone wallet. You could get consulted by me. You could get title sponsorship for the podcast. There are a variety of options. So if you like what I'm doing and think, you know what, maybe another couple dollars a month. No, here's what I recommend. I actually support another podcast. And what I do is there's this credit card or this uh, debit card I have to use like five times a month. And even if it's a small amount, I always make sure I use it for my Patreon support of the podcast I like. I like this podcast called Straight Shoot. It's wrestling. Enough about that. But if you guys just have a card, you just need to run a certain number of times each month. Patreon.com is the way to go. So definitely check out that. And I think I've pandered enough or or solicited enough for you guys today. Let's get back to my talk with Cherish Bliss. All right, cool. Well, well, first of all, thank thanks for sharing that viewpoint because obviously, I mean, you don't really hear that viewpoint a lot um, either in mainstream media or from you know his supporters. Um, but obviously like him, him being elected, obviously, or anyone being elected, obviously is no excuse to act like a, like an idiot, um, yeah. which is, which is yeah, horrible. It's, uh, yeah. It's true. Um, are and, there and any... that... go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying that's, that's the main thing people have an issue with, you know, if, if, if 
Donald Trump came on there and just talked about, you know, you know, I don't know, just just a regular Republican candidate that wasn't so crude. Right. You know, I, it wouldn't be people wouldn't be so fearful. Right. But he won this election with fear mongering. Right. With scaring people that Mexicans are taking jobs and Muslims are in our backyard and they're going to bomb everybody. And by creating this fear and people are mistreating out of fear. So that's it's it's just it's sad and it's scary. But let me ask you one one tough question about the election, then then I'll I'll let you we'll go somewhere else. But is there anything you would admire about our president elect? Is there anything you think is good about him? Because obviously he said a lot of like controversial and, and unapproved, not not flattering things in many different directions. But anything, um, even if it took some effort, it's it's really hard because I've I've looked into a lot of things about him. I watched the. Um, ABC special about him and his life to see what it's about, you know, what, what Mm -hmm. he's about, where he grew up. And it just seems like from the beginning, he just always felt like he was an, uh, an elitist. He could cut corners and, you know, he was the exception to the rule, even in school growing up rules don't apply to him. He makes his own rules. And if you don't, if you don't abide by that, you're out and I'll find another way. And it, it, it scares me because you can't run a country that way and, and, and handle politics with other countries that yeah. way. And so that's scary. But in this special, I did uh, see that his family did speak. And right. They all said really nice things about him. They all said, you know, when he uh, when his older children were younger mm-hmm. and anytime they came to his office, he would stop what he was doing, stop board meetings to just go play with them for an hour. Yeah. You know, and I thought, you know, well, there's something great about that. You know, he mm-hmm. values his family. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, that, I think that might be. So that's something. One of, <laughs> one of the only good things I saw. Right. But my, my roommate um, didn't vote for Trump. Yeah, and my roommate is Rob, my my business partner with the show, and he's also my my best friend. He's reading his book. Yeah, his book, and and I asked him why are you reading this. He's just a disgusting human being. <laughs> All these horrible things he said, and he's like, because if we know about him, we can understand maybe his decisions and why he's gonna do what he's gonna do for this country. Right. So he's reading his book and he said he's got a lot of smart um, ideas, but they're all about self-gain. They're all about how to make shortcuts happen or how to make how, how to get people on your side, you know, to gain power. And it's very much a how to how to get yourself ahead and, and how to step on the right people type of a book. So it's kind of scary. 
But but the fact that, you know, he he loves his family and treats his family well, I mean, there's yeah. got to be some good and hope in that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, you know, it would have been cool to have a, a female president. Um, are there now, like, being a feminist yourself, do you have, like, female role models you look up to? Like, uh, so whether many. it's political or, you know, or just in the arts or... I have so many for so many different reasons. Um, Fictional, nonfiction. I want to hear some fictional. I'd want to hear fictional. There's this character in the the Amazon Prime. Okay. TV show Mozart in the Jungle. Okay. And her name is Ana Maria. And um, she plays. I, I play violin. She plays violin, but uh, because she's a very avant-garde performance artist, she plays it in the opposite hand and she plays it like a virtuoso Mm -hmm. in the opposite hand because it's it's and it's all about not conforming to societal ways. That's why she plays it in the opposite hand. And she plays music and she does like these secret concerts like at toxic waste um, plants or in homeless you know shelters or in you know poverty stricken parts of the world and and she's got so many fans that she'll post like a day or two or send out these secret invites um about these performances to bring awareness to the causes where she's playing and um to help bring awareness to the cause or fight you know the cause and and she performs in such crazy ways. Um, one when she did the episode where she did uh, perform at the toxic waste uh, plant, she got a bed sheet and tied it between two trees and drew a music staff with a treble clef on it. Then took two guns and mm-hmm. shot at the music staff. And um, where the bullet holes were created notes, like notation. She then took her violin and played the the notes she shot out of the music (laughs) staff and then created a whole melody and then got, as she started to play, she got angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier to where the violin strings were popping and she kind of just threw the violin and started breaking it and her clothes started falling off because of her temper tantrum. Right. And she was standing there naked and she started screaming, no, we will not take these. You cannot spill or poison our earth. And I just thought it was brilliant. Wow. Just to use your art to bring attention to something and to do it in such a way where it was entertaining and inspired and using the anger for this cause to fuel your music. Yeah. So I, I watch her and I just, my jaw drops and I'm like, I want to be her. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's somebody like that. And then I realize, you know, I know people like this in real life. There are two burlesque performers I've come across and had the pleasure. I've had the pleasure of working with one. Okay. Uh, her name is her name is Amber Ray, and I encourage anybody Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, follow Amber Ray, burlesque okay. performer. She posts and just posts so many, you know, 
this is what's going on with the Native Americans. This is what's going on with the pipelines. This is what's going on in Mexico. They're mistreating teachers here. They're mistreating women here. We need to bring awareness to the refuge, how people are being treated. She's constantly posting and informing people. And she'll write posts and say, you know, I am white and I have a lot of white privilege. I have a lot of pretty privilege. I'm a burlesque performer and I have all these fans. Mm-hmm. And I, what I do with my fame and what I do with my white privilege is to give attention to those who don't have a voice as strong as mine. Yeah. And I'm like blown away, you know, this, this person I know, you know, and she's, she's an amazing performer. But the fact that she lives to serve a cause higher than herself is what makes me admire her and yeah. makes her a role yeah, myself. Definitely. And there's another one. She's from Australia. She's a former Miss Exotic World Queen of Burlesque. Okay. Imogene Kelly, the same, same exact, you know, using her fame, using her, her art to bring awareness to women's rights and injustice and ways to make a difference. So I, 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 I admire them both and they're both my wow. role models. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that's good to know. Um, so what are just for people that are local to Los Angeles, what uh, are, is the schedule for the shows that you have coming up? Um, and- well, my next one, my next one is December 18th okay. at El Cid in Silver Lake. Yep. And um, we were going to do a Christmas show, but I really didn't feel with this with this election and and just everything <laughs> that I just couldn't really do a holiday show. I just well, it's just not in me. So I've just told everybody, you know what, let's just do just a really just a show that's just going to make us feel good. Let's go and yeah. do act and perform things that are just going to make us feel good. You know, we want to celebrate our rights as women. We want to celebrate our, our, our sexual expressions. We want to celebrate our art. We want to celebrate our music. Let's do whatever makes us feel really, really good. Yeah. And what's going to inspire our audience to feel really, really, really good. So this show has no title. It's we're just doing sultry sweet burlesque, you know, at El Cid, December eighteenth. So there's no special gimmick, no special, you know, theme. Because we all, last month we did the magic show. The month before was the asylum. The month before was pirates, and we did a cosplay show. We've done murder mysteries. We've done all kinds of stuff. But this one, I'm like, you know what? Let's just. What's ever in our hearts, let's just go and do something fantastic. That's awesome. So it'll be and, December 8th. And there's a website like to check out like pass. Is there like sultry sweet like dot com or anything like that? Or yeah, it's sultry sweet uh dot well sultry sweet dot com is under maintenance right now. Oh so I you guess can right. I didn't you, know I was a guess. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, it's it's there, but it's under maintenance and we but Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, mm-hmm. any one of those, Sultry Sweet Burlesque. Um, you'll get all, we post daily on all of them. So you'll get, um, information on the shows. You'll get pictures. I do recommend following our Instagram or our Tumblr because you see some amazing pictures of the show. All the girls are beautiful mm-hmm. and talented. 
and amazing performers and just, I mean, just them taking off a glove or a shoe. It's just so beautiful because they're so artistic and, and expressive. So yeah. it's just when the photographer just captures that moment, like when she's just looking at the audience, like, I know what you want. And she just takes off a shoe and everybody's <laughs> like, out and it's so hot and it's like how does she do that and it's it's those <laughs> moments that are captured and we put on our instagram and and tumblr that's awesome so i'll definitely uh tell people to to check out those shows el cid december 18th cherish and we're bliss ta- yes we're taking a month off in january okay. so catch us now december us 18th now. they rearrange the music every time and we never know what we're yeah. gonna get it's literally a forest gump box of chocolates so uh yeah looking looking forward to that uh check out the events and cherish bliss thanks for being socially awkward with me uh on the podcast nope. all right guys i want to thank you for listening to my talk with cherish bliss I told her afterwards, it's very refreshing to hear a perspective like that. Maybe it's not your perspective, but it's good to just have that perspective out there. I mean, that's why people blog. That's why people do podcasts. So it was definitely an honor to have her on and and let her share um, both where she's coming from and even some of her personal challenges and, uh, you know, just kind of what we're up against if we feel like we're up against something, which is okay to feel. It's okay to feel that. I mean, she definitely has, you know, choose how you want to choose, feel how you want to feel kind of viewpoint. And uh, I'm down with that. Um, Once again, check out Sweet Sultry Burlesque or Sultry Sweet Burlesque. I think that's what it is. Uh, On Facebook, there are events at El Cid about every month. Um, For you guys again, at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter, awkwardwithevan.com. Please like, share, subscribe to this podcast, write an iTunes review, um, awkwardwithevan.com again, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. Um, you guys have been great. Thank you for listening to this. And we'll come back at you next episode with another Facebook friend. I wonder who it will be. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel.